you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you. Got a big-time show in front of us here today. Joined alongside by the great Adam Rank. What's up? What's happening, man? I'm excited. Yeah? So many good things are happening. Well, it's not only cool things happening with the NFL, with yes. the free agency. Of course. got March Madness. Hello. You got spring training, I think, as a sports fan. Uh, I don't know if there's a better time. Well, right now is the hopeful season, right? Because uh, yes. the NCAA tournament uh, instills a lot of hope. Of course. Uh, the spring training instills oh a lot of gosh. hope. Free agency so much so. in the NFL <laughs> instills a lot of hope. So it's the hope season uh, in sports right now. It really is. And the Bachelor's over, so there's a lot of hope there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The it bachelor. got contentious. I mean, really, bro? It got so contentious at my house because my wife – uh, Rosie McGee yes. was on was in one camp, and then her best friend and I were in a different camp, and it got like it was like watching. I'm relatively a, confident you can give spoilers on this uh, particular topic because no, she was. Uh, I she, don't think the cross section of Bachelor. No, but fans no, of my wife liked listening. Ashley or Vanessa okay. or whoever it was who won. Okay, and uh, her best friend and I were Team Raven. Oh, nice. but you know what? I'll get to her. In the daily dabs. <laughs> she deserves one. Oh, if you're so looking we'll that. if you are looking forward to anything in today's podcast, it will be out of Frank's. You know what? Somebody will. I guarantee you. And then you're gonna have to sit there and deal with it in your mentions. <laughs> MG my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, you talk about the season of hope. I mean, uh, yeah. the the mighty mighty Trojans are uh, playing a playing game. Okay. In the tournament. So by the time you listen to this, we could either have moved on or our basketball season could be done. But I will say this, that around South Central Los Angeles, it's not very not very often that we get uh, excited about this time of year. Uh, that's a very good point. So. By the way, uh, go Cal Bears. Uh, not only do we get uh, nixed from the NCAA tournament, then we host Cal State Bakersfield and lose. And the NIT? Man. I mean, the mighty Roadrunners. Those, not good. Those, those, mighty, those mighty Roadrunners, man. Not Which, by the way, as an aside, uh, yes. this is an Adam Rank-like tangent, but okay. uh, Cal State Bakersfield, I don't know the name of the conference, but they play in the, the same... The WAC? 
it's not the whack. Yeah, they are. Are they in the whack now? Yes. I think they're in the whack now. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe not. But they used to play in the same conference as Cal State San Bernardino, which were the Coyotes. So I always loved that the Coyotes and Roadrunners That's pretty good. played each other. Oh, yeah. All that the is time. pretty well, that's good. That's back when Baco was D2. That's true. That's back when they had a D2. Is there not a Division Two? I don't think there like is. Like Azusa Pacific's like Division Two. I think they're like NAIA or something now. Anyways, WizKid from Wisconsin. <laughs> Alex Kellar, what's up? I'm excited for the show today. Uh, we got March Madness <laughs> this weekend. Like Mar- Marquette is in the tournament, <laughs> since we're talking about March Madness. Hell yeah. We do have a great show today, There's though. We Division got some, Two, by oh, the way. Do. We got okay. some good news. Uh, We've got an amazing special guest. Oh, and yeah. uh, I think Daily Dapp's... Well, I mean, Rank's already tipped his yeah, hand, but sure. uh, I think we'll have some good stuff. That's just one of many. One of well, clearly. <laughs> uh, one we, of, of course, are going to have daily dance. We always close out the show with that. We're going to make a call into the wild. We will ask Matt Harmon why he's beefing with us. If we get him, he might he might avoid this call, you know, because <laughs> he's beefing with us. <laughs> That's true. That's a very, but if I know one thing about Matt Harmon, he will not deny airtime for himself. That's true. So he knows it's strong. Uh, it's a that conundrum. Uh, a call on Friday after, or excuse me, a Wednesday afternoon around that noonish time. He he knows, <laughs> he knows what that means. What else is he doing? I don't know. Uh, we are going to talk extensively. Humboldt with- State is number one in the NCAA Division Two polls. Oh, fabulous! Well, oh, that's softball though. Evan Silva from Roto World will be joining the program. First time we've had Evan Silva on, and I'm really excited to talk to him. We're gonna he just wrote a gigantic piece on free agency winners and losers from a fantasy perspective. I'd love to get his uh, analysis on what has happened in the NFL offseason. And we will. And we will as well. But we begin every show like we always do with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, Eddie Lacy signed with the Seahawks. It's a one-year deal reportedly worth $5.55 million. $3 million of that is guaranteed. He apparently reportedly weighed about a million pounds. Huh. Give or take. Give or Doesn't take. 267 seem- is the alleged report. <laughs> I thought it was 268. Oh, my God. Who cares? Uh, what does it mean for Thomas Rawls and CJ Procise? By the way, uh, there apparently are some serious um, weight contract restrictions. I don't know how to put this. Weight clauses. Weight clauses. Weight clauses. In his contract. Oh, did that come out after yes. the yeah. – the- Interesting, interesting. It's very interesting. As a well, I mean, that would explain why his deal was three million guaranteed, up to five point five. Up to five point five. So yep. there's that's a that's a hefty chunk of change. If wow, that's hefty word choice. Poor on my part. Uh, hefty. Look at you. <laughs> and chunk. I and got I'm the side. one. And hey. I'm the one. That is I a sizable amount of money <laughs> to that's be had for him to stay in shape. <laughs> real beefy. Uh, a real a real beefy contract. Yes. You know. And it was fitting that he signed on Pi Day. <laughs> that's right. 3.14 uh, for those that did not know. So March 14th, Pi wow. Day. Uh, what, let's let's focus on Seattle let's. first, and then we'll go to Green Bay. But for Thomas Rawls, I would imagine for C.J. Procise, it doesn't make that much of a difference because Procise is more of that change of pace, uh, passing down guy. But for Thomas Rawls, boy, this is bad news. Well, I think they, you know, they're they're an organization that has always wanted competition and also like they love the physicality of Rawls but he hasn't held up very well to that physical nature he's been dinged up every year he's been there and Lacey is a guy that and Pete Carroll uh, wanted him apparently it was reported that uh, he was the number one running back on Seattle's board the year Green Bay took them 
what took Lacey one pick before Seattle chose Kristen Michael instead. So Pete Carroll loves a physical back. He loves imposing a back that can impose his will. And when Eddie Lacey is healthy and in shape, now that's something we haven't seen in three years, uh, he is that type of runner. Mike Clay actually just tweeted this out uh, a second ago that 52 running backs have 310-plus carries since Eddie Lacey entered the league in 2013. His 2.15 yards after contact ranks yeah. second in the league. Behind, can you guess who? Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Okay. Yes. Oh, so it makes sense why they would want to get him. Obviously, the weight clauses and stuff like that. And, I mean, Rawls could potentially beat him out. But you, you'd you have to imagine that, given Lacey's injuries and, and history, that they wouldn't commit $3 million to him if they didn't oh, I disagree. expect him to, to perform at least for I one year. I 100% disagree. We're talking about a franchise that signed Matt Flynn, another former Green Bay guy, uh, to a huge contract and then – Literally midseason was like, nah, it's cool. We're gonna dump you. Well, because they they preach that, they Wilson. preach competition though, and Russell I, Wilson actually beat him out. No, so. no, I, and that's what I'm saying. That's they, why that's they, why I worry about Eddie Lacy. They brought they did they didn't pay Flynn that money though to expect him to lose the competition. They brought him in. Oh yeah, believing saying, in him. All and I'm Russell saying, Wilson just turned out to be a transcendent player. All I'm saying is that Seattle don't care about the money, man. They are willing to burn that cash. They don't care about that cash at all. Well, they don't care. They don't care if somebody beats out somebody else who's made that no, no, cash. No, of course, of course, of course. But they're not they don't care about the cash in a willy-nilly fashion where they're just going to be like, "Ah, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll cut you or we we don't care or anything like that." Somebody still has to beat him out. Yes. And and Lacey if he if he does, there's a huge ifs, gets healthy and stays in shape, I think he could he could be decent there. I, I mean, I think sure. I feel like this free agent period so far is reinforcing the idea that running backs have been devalued across the NFL, which sure. is really causing a problem fantasy-wise. I mean, if you look at the fact that Seattle suddenly has a handful of running backs to choose from. I mean, we talk about Rawls and Procise and Lacey. I mean, uh, what, Alex Collins is still on the roster. There's still a few other guys back yeah. there. You go to New England, go across the country to New England, where yeah. they have, like, 11 running backs there on that <laughs> roster now. Um, teams yeah. are going to start rotating guys through, and you're going to see guys playing different roles, not necessarily being the traditional running back, maybe you know, working out of the slot and, and doing different little things. Uh, that's great for offenses. That's great for quarterbacks. That's terrible for us. Mm. That is absolutely trying to figure out how these guys are going to fit in, what their role is going to be. And the fact is, if you you know you do something to draw the ire of a coach, you're just not producing, what have you, um, you can be football disappeared that's very true. quickly in this situation. I know what kind of role Eddie Lacey is going to be in. Cinnamon. <laughs> That was too easy. You should throw uh, that one back. That no. a, uh, Why can't I take the easy one? Well, <laughs> once in a you're, while? You're better than that, Rank. A- I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> application denied. <laughs> application denied. Uh, let's focus on Green Bay, though. Like what is it in the Stanford? I will reach across this table <laughs> and choke you to death. I'm just saying. Wow. Uh, Alex Keller. <laughs> Alex Gellar, what does it mean for Green Bay? I mean, obviously, it, it opens up a hole here. Uh, Marcus Grant talking about, hey, listen, there, there's so much mass confusion at the running back position. There seems to be a lot of clarity well, now with Green I Bay. I tell you what, while there are 11 team running backs on New, England roster, New England's roster, there is currently a running ah. back on Green Bay's <laughs> and roster. And he's not even a traditional and running back. he's a converted back. wide receiver, and that's Ty Montgomery. Uh, I believe Don Jackson is a restricted rights free agent, yeah. and uh, they have Aaron Ripkowski, as people on Twitter oh, yeah. were quick to point out to me. Sure. But what this does is it makes running back a clear need for the Packers, and I would expect them to take somebody else in the draft, if not two people, and form some type of committee with Ty Montgomery. They believe in him. They're ready. They, you know, they switched oh, yeah. him to running back last year. He's Hell doing yeah. it. I was uh, remembering some of his better some of his better games. Like he's a dynamic player, and uh, 
who knows? They'll, they'll probably take somebody in the draft when that remains to be seen. I, I wouldn't expect them to take somebody in the first, probably second to fourth round would be my guess. But well, they got a lot of needs on that defensive side and what is a very deep yep. defensive draft. They, so. they will be adding a running back, though. But for now, it makes Ty Montgomery a, a nice guy to look at, maybe buy low in some dynasty leagues, or if you're drafting in best ball leagues like yeah. MFL 10s, you could probably get him at a bit of a discount. All right, we'll stay in Green Bay. Martellus Bennett signed with the Packers. The deal – actually, I don't have the – contract details, but it was a very reasonable contract. A one-year deal, right? Three for 21. Three, three yeah. for 21. So Martellus Bennett now uh, is in Green Bay, and then they, they go around 24 hours later, then they go and sign Lance Kendricks as well to, to a very modest deal. Uh, obviously, Jared Cook goes bye-bye, but can I get the emotional roller coaster of Alex Gelhart during this time period? There was a lot going on on Friday because uh, – <laughs> For years, we'd, I'd talked about, too, how this Packers team needed a presence in the middle and like a seam-stretching tight end with some speed. Richard Rodgers, I know he's Cal. He's a good, great guy. Caught that Hail Mary and stuff. Great guy. He's not, he doesn't have the <laughs> speed, though. He doesn't have the speed. No, he like, doesn't. He can't beat anybody in a flat row to the outside. He doesn't beat people up the middle a lot. And Jared Cook, I had thought, was going to be relatively cheap, but apparently he priced himself right out of Green Bay. So first... That bro- surprises me 0%. Well, yeah, that, that didn't. But So I should have just taken a moment to trust Ted, but like... The, they went from they're like they're not going to sign Jared Cook. I'm like, what are you doing now? I was like, they're going to have to because I thought Martellus Bennett would be you more were expensive on full than he was. Tilt, bro. right? Well, I was going through everything. I thought <laughs> Mar- I thought Martellus Bennett was going to be too expensive. So yeah. then I'm like, oh great, now we're going to have to spend like a first or second round pick on a and, tight end. And, like, and Ted never is active during. He's free never agency. active in free agency. So you and weren't then, thinking Martellus was even an option. I didn't, and I thought he was going to be too expensive. Then I then I find out that they signed Martellus Bennett for less than Jared Cook wanted, and I looked like a darn fool on, on Twitter. But no, I'm excited because, one, the Packers got a great tight end. Oh uh, they've God. got a fun personality, as we can already attest. He said, uh, what what was his quote on the Packers offense? Uh, uh, they asked him what he can what he can bring to the Packers offense. He said, quote, I can do a lot of blank. Blank. A four-letter S-H- word that starts with S. S-H blank. So I'm excited. And then fantasy-wise, we've got ourselves another tight end one to, oh, like, yeah. in, in fantasy. Like, oh, yeah. I had a couple people coming at me on Twitter when I was talking about how they're like, well, you said Jared Cook was going to be a good fit in the Packers offense. And I'm like, he was when he was healthy and like back in the swing of things as we saw in the playoffs and at times late last season. So I put a guy like Martellus Ben in there. He's not as fast as uh, as Cook, but he's a savvier veteran and a more consistent overall player. So I'm extremely excited about it all around. You know what I really like about the signing, too? He's a smart player. And this Green Bay offense requires guys uh, to really you know dive into that playbook. The reason I think that he will fit in well, not only because of his skill set, but also the fact that he picked up New England's playbook mm-hmm. so incredibly fast. Because remember, he's just stepped in week one and was their starter and was productive. I think he steps into this role, into all that target share. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I will say. Here's, Give me some of that. Here, I asked the Next Gen Stats team for some numbers on these two to, to figure out the difference. And the, the Next Gen Stats numbers kind of speak to that difference. Well, Jared Cook's the better athlete. His high speed in 2017 was 19.17 miles per hour. Marty B only hit 18.06. Jared Cooks was the 11th fastest reached by a tight end as a ball carrier. Bennett's was the 43rd fastest. Okay. However, However. on the average separation at target, Bennett had a whole half yard more than Jared Cooks. So knowing his routes, knowing how to set stuff up, it's probably part of the New England offense a little bit. But he was better able to use his size and speed and ability to get open more often than Cook was. Okay. Yeah, this isn't even a contest. He's such a – I mean, whatever the measurables are and all that stuff, like he is just a much better football player. And you talk about Jared Cooks being hurt all the time. Yeah. 
Marty B has played in 16 games in four of his last five seasons. Is that right? Even the one year that wow. he was dinged up for the Bears, he still played in 11. So I don't think that there's any – there's, like, no concern with him. Like, he's not going to miss time. He's a good teammate. I mean, he hated Cutler, but whatever. That that surfaced <laughs> after he left, and I'm sure – you know I don't even want to get it. Okay. But whatever. Uh, By the way, you bring up a good point, though. He's got two games now where he's going to legit have revenge on that. No, because no, Cutler's not on the team anymore. Was he pissed at Mike Glennon? He's probably mad. Like, I got to get back at Jordan Howard. Oh, you're telling me you're not going to get excited for Martellus Bennett versus the Bears? You're legitimately telling me? Well, you are. I like Martellus Well, you know what? Let me, let me I haven't followed him let on me go. Twitter, but <laughs> I still like him. Let me go to the revenge expert in Marcus Grant. You're telling me you're not going to get excited for Martellus Bennett? Uh, those two games against Chicago? Come on now. Oh, absolutely. Although, I feel like with Martellus Bennett, um, it can go either way. Either he really comes out and he wants revenge, or he's like, eh, whatever. I mean, you know, I got some children's books now, so I'm good. Right. I mean, you know, Marty B, God love him, he is preparing for his life after football. It's true. Without a doubt. And so, like, I think he, I feel like he's kind of the same guy every week. He's kind of that, you know, sort of goofy, kind of fun-loving, uh, you know, he gets out there and he does his thing. I just know that the moment it was announced, I loved every little bit of this deal. Um, every bit? Every little bit of this deal. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I'm stoked. It's amazing. Yep, I'm absolutely. It's pretty. Stoked. St- it's stupid though. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like another team he could have gone to. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe he could have resigned with the Bears. You're saying? No, I don't think he would have oh, wanted okay. to go back, dude. We I got mean, Zach Miller. We're fine. How of- how often though do you leave Tom Brady and not fall and not face a fall off at quarterback? A zero oh, percent is. fall off. <laughs> <laughs> zero. Like he's going fall from off. one of the most likable quarterbacks in the NFL to. That's uh, you know, that's inaccurate. That's inaccurate. <laughs> really? Uh, in Pittsburgh, the Steelers were hoping rest would uh, be all that Le'Veon Bell would need for his ailing groin, but alas, it was not. Le'Veon Bell underwent surgery Monday to repair what is diagnosed, what was originally diagnosed as a sports hernia injury. It's anticipated that he will be good to go for the Steelers' off-season workouts. You know, obviously, it's important news. Um, it's it's dampened somewhat by the fact that. You know, he says he's going to be ready for the off-season workouts, which is super early uh, in that process. But I'll throw it out to you, Alex Gelhart. Just given you know his extensive injury history, is this just another little little bit of a flag that we should you know keep it keep a track of? I'm this. I this doesn't worry me that much. Okay. Just because there is the risk, but we also know that like. Even David Johnson might not be able to reach like peak Le'Veon Bell week to week ceiling it's in true. fantasy. No, so true. you understand that that he might get nicked up, but it's still just a top risk. three pick in your mind. Still a top three pick in my All mind. Right. I'm just getting the temperature of the room. Yep. Anyone concerned? Yeah. Okay. I mean, will it keep yeah. him out? Will it keep him out of the studio this offseason? Uh, prob, prob, maybe. <laughs> I mean, dropping yeah. new rap tapes. Right, I mean, if he can't drop any fire bars, then you know maybe I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, he but is, there's uh, like he's okay. He's not great. What's his handle? Juice? Uh, juice, yes. Yeah, Juice, okay. But find he's hurt all the time. He's suspended seemingly He's suspended or hurt every year. And that's, that's, uh, uh, now, not inaccurate, by the way. What's that? That's not inaccurate, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, like the top three running backs, two of them now have concerns. Because Ezekiel Elliott's off-the-field behaviors are oh, – that's true. They have to be a little bit of a, okay. a, a worrisome trend. Sure. And uh, it seems like David Johnson – okay – I have no I have no concerns with him. But now when I'm looking at my drafts and I if I'm in the two hole and let's just assume David Johnson's going number one, it's like do I necessarily want to go 
with one of those running backs? Because it seems obvious. Like, of course you'd want to go with those guys. Oh, yeah. Really? Like, I go Dell Beckham Jr. You're going to go back to A.B.? Is that what you're doing? No, no, no. I think the one – Antonio Brown has been so great over the last four years that it has to – it can't keep ascending. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. He's, know, it's not like he's it's not like he's a third year player. Like he's been in the league for a while. Okay. Uh I can't imagine he's continuing to ascend when there's other guys. So you want to buy that OBJ upside. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the guy who's going it. up as opposed to the guy who's going down. I OBJ, yeah. maybe Julio. Maybe Julio. Okay. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I don't know if I would take him second overall. Maybe third. Dude, Mike Evans is gonna have such a monster season. That's upside you're buying. All you know what? That's that and that's why if I'm like Later in the first I round or whatever, I'm taking him too overall, bro. Whatever, I'll take him. Yeah, the Maverick. I have no problem with the that. Maverick speaks. Did, it I, did I just hear that correctly? Yes, he, he did. You did. Mike Evans two overall. I mean, I don't lock know. it up. It's it's a slightly outside the box <laughs> thought, but I don't think it's crazy. It's not it's not jump off a cliff crazy. <laughs> Alex Geller was about to fall out of his chair. I mean, I as did, long as long as you're, and I, so, I sold it too behind the glass. Here as long as you're not taking Mike Evans in the fifth round, I think we're all going to be fine. If you, so if he falls to you in the fifth round, my God, you can't do that. I, I really don't hope. Do it. You know what? I yeah. figured out who I'm taking in the fifth round. <clears throat> okay, hit me, Martellus Bennett. Oh. <laughs> no. How dare you? Boom. Don't, don't Martellus even, Bennett, uh, fifth don't round. Even, don't even do it. There's Book two, it. There's two guys you're not allowed to touch in the fifth Book round. Book it. You, you can't touch. I was trying to think of who the perfect oh, Packer no. was going to be to oh, take no. in the fifth round. Oh, no. And I knew that it – well, Aaron Rodgers has the oh, ability. No. In that league, in that NFL fantasy league, uh, Aaron Rodgers could follow the fifth round because there's sure. a lot of hipsters who are like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I, got well, I don't even draft a quarterback, bro. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, you get Matt um, Ryan in the fifth. Why would round. I want this guy? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So okay, but uh, Marty B. Okay, let's let's put a don't. go ahead and lock that one up. Please don't. Please don't. put it in the vault. We're gonna have to talk you off of that one for sure. No, I'm doing it. Uh, Rex Burkhead signed to the Patriots because <laughs> obviously, <laughs> dude, the Patriots now have more white dudes than a 311 concert. <laughs> You've been waiting all day to get that one in, haven't you? I slacked oh, that one to Alex yesterday. <laughs> he workshopped it. I I almost tweeted that out. I wasn't out. even. I didn't know if we were going to go there. But, uh, but really, uh, you you really? you alluded to you it. Alluded That's why I pounced. Even Ian Rappaport. Even Ian Rappaport was getting into that. <laughs> I was going to do it, and then Ian Rappaport's came onto the timeline, and I'm like, you know, he's not a he's not a joke smith. He is not. So I'm going to let him have that Let one. him have that one? That's cool. I, uh, okay. I'm just more upset because the Patriots went out and got another darn good football player, and it's like, c- come on, other teams, pay pay attention. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> How? Of, but because, of course, Rex Burkhead is going to be the running back free agent signed before Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles. This is a crazy world we live in right now. I yeah, I mean, look, he's a good player. He's a fairly young player. He doesn't have a lot of tread or a lot of you know a lot of wear it's on the tires. Contract details. Anybody? Um, one year. It's one year, which oh, is which year. is sort of odd because now you've got you know James White, Deion Lewis, both expected to be free agents after that next season. Why did uh, Cincinnati Rex, not re-sign him to a one-year deal? Rex Burkhead is uh, is a one-year deal. Um, this, this is, is now. This is precluding the Patriots from going out and drafting Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. To add to the, like, but I love when I love when they're just leaning into their brand. Okay, like you know, you gotta love when somebody just leans <laughs> into it like that. And good on them for knowing their what their brand. brand is and leaning into it. <laughs> oh my God! No, it's uh, it's a good move. It, is, is, there, it, there, is it though? I mean, still, I feel like it's a good football, real life football move. But for fantasy purposes, this is a disaster. Oh yeah, that, 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 that's awful. Oh, but okay. But for uh, for football, the one thing that I uh, I want to appreciate about the New England Patriots, yeah, 
And uh, I was going to save this for depths, but since we're talking about them right now, sure. is that they're they're playing to win. Like you you see teams sell out to win championships. Like remember when the Florida Marlins brought in an All Star team, yeah, and won they, the World and Series, they probably and they sold them off. Yes, you know. And there's other teams like the Lakers. Uh, at one point, brought in Carl Malone and Gary Payton, which thankfully didn't work out because as a Lakers fan, like. I've seen enough championships in my lifetime that I was happy that neither one of those jerks won. Wow. Which okay. I thought was great. Okay. Um, but they're making these kind of moves that you would see like, oh, my gosh, our window's closing. You would think that a team that has five Super Bowl wins over the last 15, 16 years right. would be like, ah, you know, we're cool. But they're like, no, 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 we're going to still try to get as much out of this run as possible. And they're just signing great football players. Guys who fit their system, and for fantasy enthusiasts, we're going to sit there, we're going to bemoan it. Uh, but as a fan of the game, okay, I really enjoy it. I'll say this. Um, I just want to quick jump in, because yeah. uh, we're talking about the, how it's one year and uh, why didn't other teams do it. Our own uh, rap sheet, Ian Rappaport, tweeted uh, that uh, it was very team-friendly, and uh, Burkhead left a lot of money on the table to sign with the Pats. Why? Well, because think about it this way. He's going to an offense where that fits his style. He can catch passes. He can run between the tackles. There's not... a million running backs there. Yes, but he can put up good statistics, potentially win, and then sign another contract elsewhere. As we've seen with Robert like, Woods, you don't and... need to necessarily put up stats to get a contract. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but the, Ram- but the Rams can't sign everybody. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, uh, and in, uh, I was just reading an article looking at the contract numbers, that he yeah. actually is getting got, get has more of a guarantee or base salary than Legarrette Blunt had last year, and uh, than Deion Lewis had in either of his two years. Just a one-year deal for Rex. But I thought the market would be a little bit stronger for him. But okay, um, what I, th- this is what I was going to say about the Patriots. You know, it's interesting, right? Because uh, five years ago, they just kept building for the future. They just kept amassing those draft picks, and now they're cashing in. Tom Brady is, you know, pushing forty or whatever it is, and so now they're cashing in all their chips. And to Rex's point, you're right. They're they're playing for now. They're playing to win right now. Uh, when they go out and you sign a guy like Gilmore to a big contract, which is not necessarily what Bill Belichick does, but they want to win next year and the year after that. And I think after that, they're not that concerned. They're but they still but they always get rid of their players like Chandler Jones. Oh sure. Excuse me, Jamie Collins. Going back uh, to Ty Law, way Logan, back. Then, Logan yeah. Mankins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like having Darrell Revis in there for a season. Heck, they might lose Malcolm Butler. That's right. Well, they'll end up keeping him, at least for this this next season. And then, you know what? They're not getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, so they're not completely getting rid of their future. I see what you're saying. And they're keeping a good yeah. uh, a good backup, although, um, gosh, what is the kid's name who came in after Garoppolo? Oh, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Yeah. So they still had somebody that they believe in. But, again, they're still a little mindful of the future. Of the future. And you know that Belichick's hanging around just long enough to coach one season post Brady to say like, oh look, I did it with a different quarterback type of thing. Got you. You know. All right. So I think that that's still my fault. So it somehow they're playing for the future and still playing for right now because they're just better at this <laughs> than everybody else. Than everybody else. Okay. Uh, finally, your final piece of news here: Cordero Patterson signed with the Raiders because obviously. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because obviously. Honestly, I know. I I'm sorry, Marcus. I know. I feel passionately about this. I see. I know a lot of people, <laughs> uh, and they made their jokes like, "Oh, this is the kind of move that Al Davis would." I'm like, "Shut up!" First of all, obviously he's very fast, but Cordell Patterson is a huge part of the return game. Not only as an exceptional return man, 
he's pretty good at defending them as well. Like he he became a pretty valuable cog, and while he never teams. yeah, like he never evolved into the type of receiver that everybody wanted him to be, that I wanted him to be, drafting him in the fifth round oh, a couple God. of years ago. <laughs> no, uh, but as far as special teams goes. He's valuable a huge like he was probably one of the best if not the best special team signing of the offseason all right so. i really looking for that uh sneaky fantasy spin though could help boost the raiders already improving DST. Fantasy defense. yeah yeah for yeah. sure because now you've got the added upside of cordero cordero probably taking you know maybe hopefully one or two to the house Ooh, and uh spicing up that defense with khalil mack and others i did not think about that aspect of it that's a that's an interesting point very good like point. starting him as a wide receiver is going to be a fool's errand because yeah. you know i mean seth roberts is going to catch 10 touchdowns again or whatever <laughs> whatever obscene <laughs> number he got last year but the the defensive signing is ranks of the special teams yeah helps give them a little bump okay. up all right i don't hate it i don't hate it um I'll also say this about Cordero Patterson's skill set. He's playing with a quarterback now in Derek Carr that can actually legitimately launch it downfield. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, good quarterback, you know, nice young player, but the knock on him was he couldn't get it downfield, right? And not saying that Cordero Patterson is a good wide receiver, but if they're just asking him to run go routes, he might stretch the field a little bit and open up that inside game a little bit more for Amari Cooper. I actually think they'll have him run a lot of drag routes where you've got a Cooper and Crabtree on the outside, and then you, especially if they can That's add, a, they can add a tight end. I mean, there's talk that Jerry Cook could end up in uh, in Oakland. You have him stretching the, the field down the middle. Speed is speed. You could see a lot of drag routes from Cordero Patterson. It's not a that's not a good uh, that's that's a very good point as a matter of fact. So there you go. All right, let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk about free agency winners and losers. All right, so we got Evan Silva on the horn. He is a beast. He's a machine. He writes like a ten thousand word article every single week, and he writes it in about eighteen minutes because that's how much of a machine he is. You can find his work on Roto World. Uh, every single week, he again breaks down every single game from a fantasy perspective. But Evan, you wrote a great piece here. Another uh, five thousand word opus here on NFL free agency winners and losers from a fantasy perspective. Uh, give us a guy that you believe, uh, for, again, from a fantasy perspective, really came out in free agency. Well, I think that uh, the players in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, with the Rams are in a really, really good spot. The Rams do not have very many draft picks in the forthcoming draft. I mean, they are really, I mean, their their hands are kind of tied in terms of all their additions. They lost 296 uh, passing game targets from last season, and Robert Woods goes there. His contract has been criticized, and I understand why, but, I mean, he's he, he could run into like 150 targets with the Rams. And um, I, I, I like that offensive system that Sean McVay comes from in Washington, spending all that time uh, under Jay Gruden, where they, I mean, they, they could scheme guys open in that offense. And Tyler Higby, I think, is interesting because they released uh, Lance Kendricks. And Tyler Higby was he's a converted uh, wide receiver, uh, played, he converted to tight end as a senior. At Western Kentucky, he averaged almost 15 yards per reception and only had one drop pass that year. Last year as a rookie, he, he didn't do a whole lot in the box score, uh, but he did get out there and play 40% of the Rams' offensive snaps. I think he could get up into the 75%, 80% range uh, this year. And uh, McVay went on record uh, uh, today or yesterday talking about how he really likes Tyler Higby. I mean, their pass catcher 
depth chart right now is largely set. I'm sure that they will make some minor additions. You know, they, they, make, they may make some later round picks, uh, you know, bring guys in to compete. But, I mean, I think Robert Woods is going to be the one. I think Tavon Austin is continu- going to continue to have a very big role, maybe even a bigger role uh, offensively this, this upcoming season. And um, I think Tyler Higby is a potential breakout candidate at tight end, along with the more popular Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. Coming out of the gate with Tyler Higby, I love it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I wanted to stay in the division, though, and uh, a guy who signed after you wrote your winners and losers column, uh, Eddie Lacy, and you mm-hmm. know, the, the Bob McGinn tweet about his weight kind of stirred some things on Twitter. But I'm more worried. I'm more interested in the fact that now you've got kind of three guys at least kind of cycling through there. Who wins? Who loses? You know, with with Thomas Rawls and CJ Procise still hanging around. I mean, that's an organization that has always been built on competition, and uh, that has been like a core philosophy for them. And so I think that all the guys are just going to go to camp, go to camp and, and, and they're going to compete. And it's hard for us to project how that's going to work out right now. And all these guys have injury histories. I mean, C.J. Procise got hurt last year. He got hurt his final year at Notre Dame. Uh, Thomas Rawls, he has been hurt in each of his first two NFL seasons. Uh, and Eddie, Eddie Lacy increasingly prone to injury as he has struggled with his weight. I mean, I, it's a really tough situation to project, and I wouldn't want to take. You know, it might be a situation where we want to take the cheapest guy out of those because, you know, maybe there will be some hype on Eddie Lacy at some point. Um, but it's just it, it's a difficult situation to really want to invest in because there's so little clarity. And I mean, I, I, I'm worried about Eddie Lacy, man. I mean, you know, 267 pounds for a five foot eleven guy, like that's not healthy. And even if he drops down, you know, 20 pounds by the time that training camp begins, you know, I, I think he will probably still have some bad, you know, so, some bad juju there, man. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to mess around with that. I think he's, he's not a great bet. Yeah, it's one of those things last year, the narrative was that, oh, he's been working out and everybody acted mm-hmm. like he, he looked like Brad Pitt from Snatch. More like who said that? That's what everybody acted like, you know. And then like he was like Jonah Hill, where he was skinny for like maybe one photo, and then the next movie you're like, oh yeah, he's fat again, so it's good. Um, But I did want to ask you because uh, you mentioned a player in your column who I love, and I'm gonna I'm gonna draft and probably regret it. But you seem to think Amir Abdullah came out okay in this recent round of free agency. I think he did. You know, the Lions did not show a whole lot of interest in any of the free agent running backs, and they may very well uh, pursue a running back in the draft. Um, However, they they do have four, like, capable or at least intriguing backs on their current roster. Amir Abdul, who they used a second-round pick on a couple years ago, Theo Riddick, who has a defined role for them and, you know, probably is the favorite to lead the, the backfield in snaps played again. Uh, this season, and then Zach Zenner and Daryl Washington. Daryl Washington got on the field as a rookie seventh-round pick, and I mean he's very rough around the edges, but he he's got he was talented enough to get on the field as a seventh-round rookie. Um, and Zach Zenner, who closed out the season as their their full-time feature back. Um, so I'm not totally convinced that they're going to pick up another back in the draft. And then they upgraded their offensive line. Their offensive line looks like it could be sweet this year. Yeah. 
they've got uh, they use the, the they they got Taylor Decker in the first round last year. Travis Swanson came on as a solid center. Uh, Graham Glasgow they got in the third round last year. Looks like he, he's going to be a solid left guard for them. And then the right side of their offensive line, they went and signed um, Rick Wagner and uh, T.J. Lang. You know, two of the two of the top five offensive linemen in free agency and both guys are absolutely quality starters uh so they they have put together a really good offensive line with amir abdul it's just a matter of number one him staying healthy and number two like getting work in scoring position because we know that his ups his upside like in ppr is going to be limited by theo riddick's presence you know we we need this guy to get touches in the red zone deep in the red zone and give us some touchdown upside or else you know his ceiling is very, very curbed. Uh, anytime there's a yin, there's a yang. So we talk about the winners. Give me a loser in free agency that you saw from a fantasy perspective, Evan. Uh, I think it's pretty much over for Sterling Shepard. Oh um, man, in, in 2017. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, he's going to need Brandon Marshall to get hurt. I mean, even last year he was getting by him by the skin of his teeth. I mean, he was, he went over 60 yards in only three of six, three of 16 games. And he scored a bunch of short touchdowns. He scored six red zone touchdowns, which right. was going, he was going to, um, he was going to regress there anyway. And now they added a potential target monster in um, Brandon Marshall. Uh, so I think Sterling Shepard w- was one of the biggest losers. I think Jared Cook, you know, not not taking that deal, not swallowing his pride and taking that deal from the Packers uh, because he thought he could get more money. You know, he's probably going to end up in a bad spot. I guess if he goes to Oakland, he might be okay. Yeah, I'd be okay with some that. Interest in him. Yeah, but uh, he he also stands out as a loser. Um, and then Kenneth Dixon, man, like on March 7th, <laughs> I, I would have been comfortable taking him like in the fifth round of a fantasy draft. Yeah, buddy. And, yeah, and then – Four-game suspension, addition of Danny Woodhead. Any time that Danny Woodhead has ever been in the backfield with another running back, that other running back, you don't, you don't want him in fantasy. So just a horrific turn of events in about a 72-hour span for, for, uh, for Kenneth Dixon. All right, Evan, I have to ask you about your, your brand because you are the captain of Team Burkhead right now. So <laughs> him, you even changed your, your Twitter avatar and the whole deal. Uh, him going to New England, I mean – He's there. James White's there. Deion Lewis is still there. That man, it just—it just seems like redundancy on top of redundancy in that backfield now. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Drex Burkhead is bigger than those other backs. I mean, Deion Lewis is like 197 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, James White was 204 when he came out. Uh, Rex Burkhead was almost 215 uh, when he came out. And I think that he can run between the tackles. I think Deion Lewis like has the lateral agility to make it work on like nine to eleven carries per game. But I think Rex Burkhead, if given the opportunity, this you know the running back position is so much about opportunity. Whether it's a guy gets an opportunity because another guy gets hurt, or a guy's awesome so he's locked into opportunity. You know, it's it's just such an opportunity driven position. Um, and will he get that opportunity? Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, because I think he can really, really play. 
Uh, I think he's excellent in the passing game. Um, Hugh Jackson used him as a slot receiver at times in Cincinnati. He got that opportunity uh, last uh, week 17 against the best run defense in football, and Rex Burkhead just took it, took it to him, man. I mean, he, he ran all over the Ravens. Uh, I, I, I love him as a ball player, and I think the Patriots do too. You know, he's the highest-paid Patriots running back since Fred Taylor in 2010. Uh, he's going to be making more than or more 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 than double what James White and Deion Lewis will be this upcoming season. James White, I know he had an awesome Super Bowl. He's still like a niche role player, and uh, Deion Lewis was a guy who the, the he he wasn't very good last year coming back from his ACL tear. He, he had that uh, big three touchdown game uh, against the Texans in the playoffs, but other than that, he didn't really do much. And in that same game, he had multiple fumbles. And we did not see very much of him the rest of the way in the playoffs. I mean, they went to James White and Legarrette Blunt over them, over him. So I don't know if they, you know, necessarily soured on Deion Lewis uh, long term, but he 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 just he wasn't the same last year. And I think that Rex Burkhead can run between the tackles, pass block, catch passes. Uh, I think he's a great addition for the Patriots, and he has big time fantasy upside uh, if he if he can get that opportunity. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I heard some rumblings that they might uh, even potentially let Lewis go or something because, as you wow. said, it wasn't quite – I mean, it was just hearsay. I don't think it was from any, like, reputable sources, but given how much the other moves they're making in free agency and how he wasn't the same guy and having a loaded uh, running back room right now, we'll see. But, Evan, also, there's a couple big names still out there in free agency. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, a couple other guys. Is there anybody in kind of a dream landing spot that you'd like to see that maybe has been whispered about so far or otherwise? Mm, not off the top of my head. I I'm curious to see how this how these you know old running backs coming off injuries probably overpricing themselves at this stage of free agency. Will they have to wait until after the draft to find landing spots? I mean, you know, will teams want to commit to them? I mean, it's it's supposed to be a great, great running back class. You know, that's that's what everybody says. So I don't know that teams will really want to, you know, commit even like 3 or $4 million for one year to Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles when in the draft they can get a guy who they can have for the next three or four years for 3 or $4 million. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's the cost of like a, a – late second, third, fourth round draft pick. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see also where Michael Floyd ends up. And he's been a, he's a chronic underachiever. You know, he, he teases us every year, and, you know, we, we fall for it. Uh, but he's still a talented guy, and um, he's, he's probably the most talented, actually probably by far the most talented wide receiver still left on the free agent market. Uh, very quickly, um, you know, you talked about the Rams being kind of a, a low-key source of fantasy points. You know, I mm -hmm. look at what the the Cleveland Browns did in terms of the offensive line moves. I am buying yes. and I'm investing heavily into Cleveland next year. I think about the draft prices that I could get for somebody like Isaiah Crowell, Corey Coleman. I'm salivating. I, I'm going to invest heavily into what Cleveland has done. Uh, I'd love to get your take um, on what they've done over there uh, in Ohio. Just could not agree more. You know, they, they showed how they value Isaiah Crowell. They gave him a second-round tender as a restricted free agent, and they went out and spent their money on offensive linemen. They, 
extended Joel Batonio, the left ta- the left guard. They kept Joe Thomas, uh, the left tackle. Uh, at center, they signed J.C. Treader, who was uh, at Pro Football Focus. He was a top-five center uh, before he got hurt halfway through uh, last season. Uh, Ivy League guy, played at Cornell, you know, smart, big, big guy. Um, I think he played some tackle at Oh, hell Cornell. yeah. We got some Ivy League heat going right now. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, at, at right guard, of course, they landed Kevin Zeitler, yeah, who that's he's huge. been a top 10 guard you know, every season for the last half decade. Uh, and at right tackle, I think that they'll be able to sort that out. They've got some prospects there. Maybe move John Greco, who had previously been a starting guard, out to right tackle. But, I mean, they – they have the makings of what could be a very, 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 very strong offensive line. Um, and, you know, the, the problem for Isaiah Crowell, more often than not, is the, the flow of the game. You know, the Browns get down, and, uh, you know, he, he doesn't see the field uh, as much. And that, that will continue to be a concern. But right now, the way that they're – I mean, they, they have the potential to be a, a, a running game that can impose its will on opponents. And uh, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited about Isaiah Crowell. So, Evan, I want to ask you at least one more question before we get out. I don't know what the rest of the gang was feeling here, but staying in Ohio, on the flip side, the Bengals have kind of had a bit of a disastrous free agency oh, period. Man. And this is a team that just a couple years ago was starting to look like one that we could mine for a lot of fantasy production from A.J. Green and when they had Marvin Jones and Tyler Eifert and that backfield. Now Jeremy Hill's coming off a disastrous couple years. Gio Bernard's coming off of major surgery. A.J. Green's coming off of an injury. Tyler Eifert's coming off an injury. And that offensive line has disappeared. How worried are we about the Bengals in fantasy this year? And is there anybody, perhaps outside of A.J. Green, that we can dra- and maybe Tyler Eifert, that we can draft with confidence? Yeah, this is, this is a really tough one. You know, um, they just decided, you know, made the decision to let their two best offensive linemen go when the rest of their offensive linemen that they have in, have in place are, are not very good. You know, that, that's a little, that's scary. And it's like perplexing and, and head scratching. Um, you know, the, the way that the NFL has responded to the decline of line play and you know, other teams emphasizing speed and pass rush on defense has been to just um, like dial up more quick passing. Um, so I think that there are ways that a good offensive coordinator can like scheme around offensive line deficiencies. Um, and I think that that's what you will kind of hope for. Um, you know, I, that's not a ringing endorsement. Line, like, that's not a <laughs> ringing endorsement. I can't believe that they did that. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, whatever window they had certainly seems like it's uh, closing and closing fast. Evan Silva, mm-hmm. senior football editor for Roto World, and quote-unquote the dad to the cutest little girl. You can find him on Twitter, at Evan Silva. Find his work at Roto World as well. Evan, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Evan. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy. All right. We go from one phone call to another phone call. We don't go from Evan Silva, but we go to Matthew Harmon. We're going to make a call into the wild, and we're going to see what's going to happen here. We want to know, why <laughs> is Matt Harmon beefing with us? That's what I want to know. I oh, th- wait. Wait, can I predict? Yes. Oh, it's just love, guys. 
<laughs> I do think it's jealousy. I think it's, okay. he, uh, I right. think I think he misses the nest. Okay. Um All right. he's decided to fly on his own he and the franchise. And uh yeah. We, we are dialing. Okay. Where's that beautiful oh sound? Oh, I skipped the sound drop. I was I was too eager to get this one. I got it. All right. We'll figure out what's going on. We can leave a Your message. Your call you, has been forwarded oh, to an automated right voice now. messaging system. 7 0 Three, oh my gosh, nine, stop. Uh, stop, you're going to give his phone number. Well, got it. Why doesn't he have, like, a, why doesn't he have a Matt Harmon thing? You don't cut it. Don't cut it. Don't cut it. Oh my God, cut it, please. Uh, Matt Harmon, what's up? James Go here from the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Uh, I'm here with all the guys. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, guys. Hello, hello Matt Harmon. Uh, we want to know, inquiring minds want to know, why are you beefing with us, bro? That's what I want to know. Yeah, what's the deal? What's the deal? You what's know? your agenda? What is bro? your? I mean, I even decided to you know get on your little uh, Brussels sprouts bandwagon. Oh my god, I saw that. Um, and by the way, I enjoyed Brussels sprouts before Matt Harmon tried to make it his brand. Oh, oh. come on! He introduced you to Brussels sprouts. Yes, he's the one. <laughs> you know that. You know what? I'm I'm getting a little upset though. It's hurting yes. my feelings. I almost blocked. Matt Harmon on Twitter. Why is that? But you're then ti- you're I, tired of the Brussels sprouts? A little bit. Like he he's being very hurtful. But then I realized blocking a coworker would be really uncool. Yeah, that's true. Who would do that? Yeah. Um, totally. So I didn't. And totally I love and I love the kid. That's true. I, but I feel it? like we need to show him a little tough love. Okay. All right. Oh, by the way, I think are we done with the voicemail? Uh, I think this it's still I think, going. Is oh, this still <laughs> going? Let's let's fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I would like to see Matt work on. In okay. The good. Here we go. Uh, You're gonna no, give actually, him a review right now. I really What's don't. I don't, oh. I don't have a review. Oh, I, I really, I've really enjoyed the uh, the hipsters uh-huh. podcast. I think that's really good. And of have course, you caught the Bo- Boy Young Boy podcast? It's good. Uh, it's good. I've been should, on it. Maybe we should just say goodbye. To oh now. no, no, no. Listen, oh, this is what I, I, I would say, Matt. Uh, you're doing a great job. Yeah, and uh, we're proud of you. Not really. Um, keep <laughs> doing what you're doing. Please stop. Um, and don't let the haters like James Coe get you down. And stop beefing with us. <laughs> All right, bye, Matt. All right, peace. I love that his phone number. It was well, I'm gonna I'm going to <laughs> cut out his phone number, but we'll leave. I shouldn't have said anything. No, it's fine. Now, now it'll be a mystery to the, the oh listeners. Oh my god, that is wonderful. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hoes. Oh, give me daps, cause I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps. Uh, by the way, if anyone wonders, we do not plan these calls. No. no. We do not, not plan them. these calls. We don't let them know whether or not we're going to be calling them that week. We didn't call them last week. Zero plans, sir. Exactly. So there you go. Um, obviously, we got his voicemail, which was fun. What's the phone number that comes up? I feel like it's a New York number. It is. It's the, New York, it's, it's the New York but he number. But he, he should know. But he, he should, should know. know yeah. yeah, he should. Harmon has no idea what the New York number from this office is. But he would know. <laughs> he would see the I area would. code of 212. I'd still guarantee he would probably thought it was somebody soliciting him. Well, no, That's but, what I mean. That, but, yeah, okay. No, but it doesn't make sense because he's answered it before. Did we? Yes, 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 we have. We have Absolutely. called him. We might have given him a heads up, though, that we were doing it that Did we? I don't know. I feel like we haven't. All right. But there's not a set time because it could go like any anytime. I could start talking about Division II college basketball. Oh, sweet. And a quick shout out to uh, Northwest Missouri State. They're the number one seed. Okay, good. Keep going. NC2A. Keep going. What What else you got for daily daps? Oh, are we are we starting now? Yes, pal. Um, daily daps. Uh, you know what? I a daily dab because this is uh, one of the first times this has happened to me. Somebody announcing the I'm unfollowing you. 
Oh, which I think is it's awesome. I love that people have to announce it. Like it's not enough to be like you've you've irritated me. Unfollow. Click. But it's like no no no. I've got to announce to you. Uh, and At, it was, Adam Rink. And it was after one of my Patriots things okay. where I compared uh, the Brandon Cook signing to Darth whatever whatever it was. And somebody was like, "You're too political now. Huh? I'm unfollowing you." And I and I had a follow up. And I said, "What do you like? I I have no idea what you're talking about." And then, Maybe so I went back really... to see. And then the, the the thing disappeared from my timeline. Okay. So I said, "Oh, okay. So maybe the kid thought better of it." Yeah. And no, no, no. He had blocked oh, me oh, he, oh, at this point. Me. I'm like, oh, "Okay, you oh, blocked me. That's oh. that's a little aggressive." Right. Well, he didn't announce because it. you didn't. I wish he would have. You know what, sir? I'm now blocking. <laughs> you. And then blocked. It would have been a little bit more okay. effective. So. Well, I mean, I feel those. as if that's blocking etiquette. If you're going to block someone, I feel as if you should let them. I know. wish you would know. I wish, yeah, I wish there was some way to tell, like, what is what is the one thing that sets somebody off? Like, this was the thing right. where you're unblocked. Because, like, for instance, and we should have a game of, like, who's the most famous person to, block to have blocked you. Because yes. for me, okay. it's the sports guy, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons has blocked you? Yeah, and it's, it's easy to think about because I was like, well, Twitter started in 2009. And that was right around the time when the Angels swept – the Red Sox in the playoffs. Okay. The Lakers and Celtics were also going back and forth. So right. it's pretty clear to me that I said something terrible about know. a Boston sports team. Which, yeah, but what, were you at tweeting Bill Simmons? Probably. <laughs> what? <laughs> probably oh, probably liquored up. Oh, man. Like I like to do. I and get on the Twitter oh, machine and see man. what happens. You're that guy. So I'm sorry. You're it's that a, guy. You tweet about your life. And if at, my, at that point well, in my why life. Why do you have to at tweet I'm, someone? Because I don't want to subtweet them, because that's not cool. Although I do it all the time. Who am I? <laughs> okay, okay. I subtweet right. the world. Right. Uh, in addition to those, uh, I would. You know, I'm gonna dap Evan. He was very delightful. Evan Silva. Yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, yeah. So Knowledgeable I, I, dude. You know what? He's very smart. Yeah. So I really enjoyed him. Okay, good. Uh, daps to Cal State Fullerton, who did not advance in the NCAA tournament, much like your Cal Bears. Yes. Lost oh, in heartbreaking fashion in the semifinals okay. of the Big West tournament, but are in the CBT? Whatever, the whatever, that, whatever the tournament is below the oh, NIT. Is it the CIT? CIT. Yes. Oh. We're hosting a game, so that's amazing. Great. So congratulations to them. Good. Uh, quick bachelor take, Daps to Raven. Okay. Who was – she was my girl. Yeah. I was, uh, I was a huge fan uh, she Han soloed The Bachelor because she, she shot first. No, well, yeah, she did. <laughs> but he did the uh, he he broke up with her because he's a kook and uh, whatever. Like he, there's two girls he was choosing between, and I'll, I'll I'll make this quick. Okay, one girl was like, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't know if I would want to move from Montreal, and I don't know if it if we have a future together. Where Raven was like, I love you, I want to be with you, and he's like, I'm gonna break up with you. I'm going to go with the head case. But he went at, so after everything happens and he breaks up with Raven, he goes, I'm going to miss you. And she says, I know. Wow. Boom. Soloed <laughs> right there. Okay. My final dap. Yes. And this is going to make Marcus angry. And I, I did not plan it this way, but I feel he needs to be defended. Okay. LeVar Ball. He's a I love him. He's not. Listen, let me tell you something. Number one. <laughs> he's an absolute. His kid. He's not. He's. He's. Maybe going a little bit too far. Like he's saying some outrageous things. He's not the president, okay? He's just, he's a sports dad. And number one, his kids 
yeah. are good kids. <clears throat> right. They're good citizens. Okay. They're nice human beings. Yeah. They're not well, in trouble. They've never been in trouble the law. They're, they're not going to be, and all that stuff. They're, he's raised good children, so yeah. I like that. Number two. Yes. His kids, going back to lowball, played at Chino Hills High School. That is the high school closest to his house. He wasn't this kind of dad who shopped around his kids to these other these other high schools. He didn't send them to modern day. That's a good point. He didn't try to make any sort of power play. There was a former NFL player you know what, who point. whose dad was a was a high school coach, and that coach said, "You know what? If I don't get the job at this particular high school, I'm taking my son to a Southern California powerhouse and letting him play there," and did stuff like that. He's not doing that. He went to his local school. He went to the local uni- – although if he went to the local university, he would have gone to Cal State Fullerton. But I can't begrudge him for going to UCLA. Yeah. And in an era or any time that you want to watch uh, a football life or any of these, these shows and they talk about certain players who are able to overcome circumstances like I grew up without a male role model or yeah. father figure, the fact that he's still a part of their life and is he a little – is it a little irksome that he's calling out Charles Barkley? Sure, but you know what? He's a part Charles of their Bar- life. He's, he's calling out Michael Jordan. He said he's Michael, be, whatever, he's but he's a part of their life. You know what? And he's he's been there. Okay, they become better citizens. Okay, he's been a good dad. We might not agree with what he's doing, and I I get that one billion. I, I understand that. I, one billion dollars. I realize that this ball. is a, a backhanded shot at me because I tweeted that I muted all references I'm to not, Levar Ball. No, no, no. It's not. No, I, I and I don't hate Levar Ball. I just. I'm, I understand. I'm just sick of hearing about him. It was it was somebody else in the newsroom. Uh, it, was, I, it was Alex Sanchez who works on uh, some of our shows. Can I be completely honest? Yes. What? I've you seen don't know. some people mention LeVar Ball. You have no I have idea. no idea what in the hell is going on. <laughs> also, could not care less. <laughs> like, so like I, just, I totally just tuned out for the last four minutes of Rick's speech. I'm like, I don't know what the hell is just, happening, but I don't I care. Just, I've just had enough. I know of, you've of had enough. I know. I know, Mark. So. <laughs> that's what I said. I, it's not directed at you. By the way, it's a great, there's a lot Alex, of people. It is a wonderful story. By the way, don't care. I no, I know. If you are listening to this podcast, you're listening because you like fantasy football, but let me tell you something. Google this guy. He is an absolute psychopath, and I love him. He's all over the place. That, that, that's one thing. Uh, Larry Brown Sports was talking about him today. Okay. But he had a long uh, conversation with, was it uh, USA Today Sports? He was on uh, ESPN, too. So he's been around the sports. He's making the rounds. Oh yeah, he is sports wise, and he's, oh, he's yeah, in he a is. thing with Charles Barkley right now, which still I find a little delightful. Oh boy, like I, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, give me daily daps. Uh, I'm daily dapping. Uh, it is it is March as we discussed. Yes, and uh, my yearly trip to Arizona for spring training is is coming up this week. So right. uh, always excited about that. So Hell I will yeah. be uh, in and around the. Uh, the Phoenix area, Phoenix metropolitan area this weekend, uh, enjoying some a, sunshine. Is, and is there a deer. spot that you always hit up when you go there? Uh, I mean, as a Dodger fan, I always go to Camelback Ranch to, uh, you know. But I meant like a – Oh, to a, a watering hole? A watering hole or like a restaurant? You know what? I have uh, – look, I've been going out there for years. I have a good friend who lives there. A lot and, of and chain restaurants out, out there. Uh, A lot of chain restaurants. No, <laughs> somehow we always end up at uh, this place called the Coach House in Scottsdale, okay. which, uh, like you know, it, it – uh, as as a friend and producer Haitham Kalani refers to it as the Christmas bar, simply because we went there once and they had Christmas lights up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, other than that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. I, I am like the amoeba. I uh, I I adapt to these circumstances. Uh, I will daily dap Planet Earth Two. Have you guys been watching this on Not BBC yet. America? Not yet. Holy like Earth Two, like DC, uh, like DC? No. no. Ne- negative. This is like a Earth documentary. Oh, okay. Yes, nature documentary. If you guys haven't seen it, my God. It is amazing. 
This is what had the the lizard chase, right? Yes, yeah. is that the lizard chase? Okay. Running from so the I haven't I haven't seen that one yet. It hasn't come up yet. But man, they're uh, what I think they're three episodes in. Uh, it's already aired overseas. So if you're one of our British listeners or something, then you know you've already seen it probably. But uh, describe it a little bit. It's a nature documentary. But it's Earth Two. It's Planet Earth Two. Because Planet, Planet Earth, Earth was one last season was the one that came out like four years ago. Oh, and it was. Uh, okay. Not too like T.O.O. I'm thinking of it like because like in the DC universe, there's different Earths. I see. In Earth 2, like Jason Garrick is the Flash Okay. in Earth 2. So I didn't know if it was like a reimagining of what Earth would look like if there was no human. It, nope, it's like. not that. No, no, it's a na- it's a straight nature doc. It is amazing. If you haven't seen it, uh, go DVR it, go find it online, whatever it is, go find it. It's great. It's awesome. Alex Kilhorn. Uh I just have an anti-dap. Okay. To the news that Warner Brothers is rebooting The Matrix. What? Just oh, yes. Bad news. Why, God, why? Wait, it's not even that old. I, that's, there, are, <laughs> what? there are so many problems how with them re- potentially doing this. How can you this. reboot this? It's not even that old. Like, I I tend to occasionally side with Hollywood here with, like, if it's a super old story or they want to give it a fresh spin or continue the story like Creed did with Rocky, like... Right. That's fine. Bring okay. bring the brand back in a fun way like that. But like, or if CGI has advanced or whatever. yeah. But like sure. the Matrix was groundbreaking, and yeah. those that trilogy, you know, love the sequels or hate them, was like a closed book. Like it it wrapped itself up. It's it done. Yeah. Don't go back and touch it. Just leave it alone. This is awful. I will never. I will never go see any of these movies in the theater. That's it's a lot. Just, Which- no. That's dead serious. Lie. Come on. Which makes me sad because I believe Michael Ask- B. Jordan is attached, and I like Michael B. I do. I love him, too. Ask me how many times I've seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. The answer is zero. Six? I have not seen you either. You didn't want to see the ones with Gwen Stacy? Nope. I might. Maybe oh. I'll rent it at some point, but I was not. Or, like, if it's free I'll, I'll, or somewhere, Bro. I'll go see it. Didn't go see it. By the way, he did a good job, Andrew Garfield. It was so good. He, yeah. he did a good job. Everything he I heard, he was, he was like the Jamie Foxx was uh, not great, but. Uh... Anyways, this is just so. It's so Yeah, bad. but, like. The. Point, rebooting the Matrix. Like, but Point on. Break was so much better, the reboot. Didn't go see it. <laughs> was it? <No. laughs> you know what? The new Point Break was oh, visually man. stunning. All right. Visually stunning. Yes. And I kind of, I'm glad that they didn't have, spoiler alert, I'm glad that they didn't have Johnny Utah as a football player. They instead had him as a extreme sports. Extreme sports guy. Like if it was, uh, Tony Hawk's not the right example, but... um. Like any of a Travis Pastrano or somebody like that. Like he was like one of those guys. Okay, all right. I like but it. anyways, of- yeah, I I can't I can't believe it. it this is just like what's next? Are they going to it- it- remake The Godfather? Hold Are they on, is, remake, it, is like- it a is it a reboot or is it like a spinoff story? I don't know. It's just apparently they've been approached by Joel Silver, who was the producer of it. Although he s- sold his share in the Matrix movies, they have. They I don't could see know a that- spinoff movie being okay. I don't know. The, the, that universe, that world is very I, I played the, the Matrix video game, which was kind of a spinoff. It was with Jada Pinkett Smith's, uh, her ship from the seco- second one. Oh, you played, yeah. You played oh, with yeah. her crew and sure. stuff. And they had filmed a bunch of other stuff for that. And, like, that was that was kind of fine. But, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, 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 very leery about this. Okay. And I All do right. not like it. So, I am hoping. Boo, Warner Brothers. <laughs> I am hoping. Warner Brothers, do the right thing. Shame. Make it a spinoff. Shame. Don't make it a straight reboot. <laughs> Shame. Don't make it a straight <laughs> All right, that's the show. Wow, we covered a lot of ground in today's podcast, man. For the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar, MG Mike, I, Marcus Grant, and the Fantasy Maverick, Adam Rank. I'm James Cull. We'll see you next week. Peace.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 